Why does your brain enter into a brain fog state? How can you help your brain to recover attention and have more cognition? One of the major causes of people's inability to regulate their stress and emotions is due to the fact that their brains are completely drained and there is not enough energy and oxygen to deal with everyday life situations, let alone with other struggles or demands from their jobs. Learn how to recover your brain from exhaustion and distractions to empower your life. In episode 50, Understanding and Healing Brain Fog with Lucy Gable. Welcome everyone to our episode 50 and it's a special episode because I have as a guest Lucy Gable. Here we are in the conversation of understanding and healing brain fog, where it's a very broad topic. We have a lot to cover, but we will do our best to focus all the energy in that brain fog, exactly. <laughs> so that we don't drift off in other things. And it's I'm really excited because this is the 50th episode. So it is very special to celebrate it with Lucy as she has been a guest uh, repeatedly in this podcast, and she will be. So, Lucy, how are you? Hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to be here on your 50th. That's such a great number. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) A lot of work has gone into 50 podcasts, no doubt. Yes, it is. It is exciting to, to speak about all of these topics that cover all of the pillars of health and this is extremely important because I have listened to a lot of patients a lot of clients that are suffering this kind of uh, fog in their cognitive uh, process mainly the attention span is is really really uh, a topic that I have listened and that's why I uh, wanted to talk about this and the, the attention and also the repeated distractions that many people have right now. <laughs> mm, those are also great points about attention, just attention in general and distractions, right? And they're, yeah. they're, they're happening right now. So pervasive, right? Exactly. Yeah, they are so per- pervasive. They are so common right now because, of course, that as, as we change all of the processing of how we work and there was a lot of changes that we have to adapt very quickly so we are not used to this way of working still no (laughs) yes and we did speak on that a little bit last time about the need to have a plan and a schedule and time blocks and go according to those and give yourself brain breaks I don't think we talked about brain breaks but that is something that that I recommend highly because that helps think, a lot. Yes, we think we can power through our day without any rest. Without even though we're sitting, we think we're resting. That's a completely different kind of rest. It's <laughs> the physical rest, but the brain needs rest too. And so we don't treat it like we should. We need to give it breaks and we need to give it food and water 
then some time to rejuvenate and get ready for the next thing we're doing and put time in between those things that we do so we can literally let the cognitive shift occur from one thing to the next, get into the right mindset, make ourselves happy if we need to, you know, think about some positive outcomes that might occur from whatever we're getting into next. And that in itself, David, gives us energy, right? We talk a lot and you talk a lot about just your mindset. It has a lot to do with your brain energy. Yeah, and our brain, our architecture is not designed to, to constantly work. Even though we think we can go through, we are forcing ourselves. That's why the, the attention and the the cognition and then analytical skills really get tired because we really as you mentioned we need to do those breaks and and it is demonstrated by science and there's a lot of research about this that mainly we should be working around 50 to 55 minutes and every 50 or 55 we should have a break of five to ten minutes in order to recover the, and those five to 10 minutes shouldn't be in the notifications. Uh, right, or the emails or the- <laughs> Yeah, because if you take them to go into social media or something like that, for sure, those will be more than 10 minutes. And for sure, your brain also will get tired. And there's a lot of stimuli from there, no? Right, not really. It's not really a break reading emails or, or social media and thinking about how to respond or what to say about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my book, I write about how right now we've discovered that the brain really uses about 20% of the calories that we use as a human. So one might, I mean, initially you might think, oh, that's a small amount, but it's not small. If you think about your head, your head is about 10 pounds. And then that compared to the rest of your body, it's probably more than 10%. I'm sorry, it's less than 10%. Your your head is less than 10% of your body weight. And so, but that consumes 20% of your calories that you need, you know, that's a lot of energy. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of um, energy because it's a lot of information that is coming. It's the, the hub center of the information. And as also we know, many of the stimuli that we receive, there are some processes that our brain has to disrupt or divide into certain categories so that we can uh, assign things. Because as we are speaking, probably now that you are not speaking and you are, you are listening, you are thinking a lot of things right now into the conversation and to, into what to say. So our brain is never resting. It's always thinking and processing thoughts. And many of those thoughts sometimes are not useful. And you can start engaging with those and losing more of your energy. You know? So it's a, it's a cycle. Yeah. Memorizing understanding, deciding, uh, reciting or remembering and inhibiting are the five most energy consuming things the brain can do. And we are always doing one of them, especially at work. And especially if we're leaders in the job, we're doing 
multiples of these things at any given time. Yeah, are happening. And also, I think that we can go into this uh, section now about the, the food that we are consuming that also has a lot of um, relevance in terms of the energy that your brain is going to have because if the food that I'm consuming, the eating behaviors that I have are completely disrupted and they have a lot of uh, sugar, processed food, um, caffeine, all of those things that are the most common uh, food choices for, for many people. And they are going to deplete your energy for a moment you will feel that you have a lot of energy because that's the rush of many of those foods. But in around 30 to one hour, 30 minutes to one hour, you will feel that it's going down the energy and your attention starts to uh, suffer also. Yes. Yeah, and that sugar that those or those simple, simple carbohydrates, we're not talking about all carbohydrates, but the simple know. ones, <laughs> Those will get into your system, from your mouth, into your digestive system, into your blood very quickly, and then they're gone just as fast. Versus when we combine meals, we have meals with multiple different kinds of uh, sources like proteins, and plants, and whole grains, and whole uh, polyunsaturated fats, then they move into our system they move through our digestive system slower the sugars come out of them slower even if we did have something with a little bit of a simple sugar in it like a whiter bread with the whole meal or a pasta with the whole meal we're not going to get that injection of sugar like we do when we eat just that simple carbohydrate or just the sweet or just the cake or just the cookies you know all by itself yes slower last longer which is the, the spike that we have in, in the glycemic index. And that turns on the insulin release to the roof. And that insulin is going to prime your brain to understand that it has a lot of energy and it has to move it around. But that movement, you are not doing it. If you are doing a mental work, you are not really moving. So you are not going to burn down many of that energy and the, the receptors of your brain are going to be uh, constantly occupied by these molecules. So you will have a problem in terms of availability of the receptors. Now we know also that many of the, of the neurons work better uh, using ketone bodies than using sugar or glucose. So if we have a very high load of food and sugar, we are going to uh, interrupt, we are going to make traffic in our brain cells and we are going to make traffic in the, in the kind of fuel that our brain needs. That's why many people, when, when they have a meeting or when they have an important um, topic to address or a, simply to record an interview to do something to have some important interaction and they just ate something our brain can feel 
a little bit tired to engage in a difficult conversation or in a topic if you are just ate like in the past 20 minutes your brain needs to be to have digested all that food your body needs to digest all that all that food and your brain needs to be with a more flexible kind of fuel in order to process all of the thoughts that it has to process <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, David, <laughs> you're making this very, very simplified <laughs> about that. Right? Yeah, what of course. It's... We eat and why we might feel tired um, because, and I have, I won't go deep into it either, but it's like, because we have different things going on in our system at the time. And it could be like, it's what did we eat? It's how much did we eat? Also, you know, people that overeat might also feel tired, um, or if one ate the wrong food, too much of the wrong food, too heavy, the food is too heavy, um, then the body wants to kind of sleep. <laughs> the body wants to relax so that it can digest. It's not necessarily a bad thing that, you know, depends on what you ate, that it's yeah. bad, but it also depends on how much you ate and the body is responding correctly, but it's just, do you want to eat that? And before you go to a meeting is the question. Do you want to eat that much before you go to a meeting, et cetera? Yeah, so much to talk about in that in that range. But I think a good rule of thumb to, to take with after they leave this conversation is what you eat in the middle of the day, you know, it actually should be pretty light, but it actually should be a mixed meal. Again, a variety of your macronutrients so that they all combine together and the glycemic index will always be low when we have a combined yeah. meal so that the blood sugar will stay constant and we'll be able to continue working. We won't feel like we have to fall, go to sleep <laughs> or that we don't have the energy. And that's the fog. That's the feeling of, of being foggy or having a foggy brain that is not really your brain that is foggy it's the digestion that is draining a lot of energy to the system and you don't have enough uh, availability for the brain so that's one of the reasons the other one we mentioned the the spikes of sugar that's why as you suggested we should mix the the proteins the carbohydrates complex carbohydrates and to have a lasting effect on on glucose no yes yeah that's a good key and sometimes i like the rule of thumb you know ideally if you had to get up and run for some reason after you that meal <laughs> you would be able to do it <laughs> I wouldn't say run for exercise, but you know, if you had to go really fast somewhere and move, their, move your body after that meal, you should be able to do it. Yes, exactly. But you should, all, well, in order to round this section of food and the eating behaviors, what we can say is that we have these cycles of feeling hungry, feeling the, the hormones are going to be signaling and many of the times we have to detect we have to be aware if it's really hunger that we are feeling or we are thirsty because our brain needs also water as a supply to work and 
those are the tips that we can say in terms about food. Your neurons prefer ketone bodies. You should mix your meals in order to have a low glycemic index and you should consume a good amount of water so that your brain are, is hydrated, no? Those are like the three big key points that we can say about food. Try not to consume it immediately when you are going to have a meeting, an important meeting. <laughs> what else can, can we round up about that? Well, I'm so glad you brought in water because I don't think a lot of people think about it. And it's true that oftentimes we will feel that dip in energy and it could be that you're hungry, of course, because a lot of people forget to eat, but it also could be that one is thirsty. I mean, you might think I just, I really just had food. You know, I shouldn't be hungry. I had a good night's sleep. I shouldn't be tired right now what's going on. And the answer is usually you haven't been drinking enough water. And uh, I, I've noticed that a, a lot with myself as you see, I constantly drink even when I'm on, you know, yeah. video. <laughs> you too. Yeah. 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 And it's because we get used to that, right? I have a certain number of those bottles that I drink every day. And I definitely mm -hmm. get, I would not have been thirsty um, drinking that many bottles before, but now that I have that amount in my system all the time, I'm more sensitive to thirst. I know that I need more water because my body is used to having the right amount now. However, you know, in the evening, maybe I did do a marathon work session or two and I didn't get up to get the drink. And, um, then I feel weirdly tired, unusually tired, not usually that tired at this time of night, you know, and um, I just have to do the check boxes in my mind. Did I drink? How much water did I have? Oh, wow. It's been a while. Throw some water back and my brain is changed pretty much immediately. It's kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. And well, just to, to mention that, that water is extremely important because water is the vehicle to activate all the metabolism all the pathways that we need for energy for the brain and for the body are uh, controlled by water so we need that that amount of water because of that that's why it is important many people can think that how water can be so important well that's the reason it gives protons it gives a lot of uh, mobility to the to all the nutrients and it helps many of the enzymes to break down the components of the food no oh my gosh yes and it depends on what part of our body we're talking about but average we're about 70% water i mean exactly. that's what we're made of and our brain now i've heard a lot of different numbers but um Lisa Moscone from the book Brain Food, who works at the Alzheimer's Institute, runs the Alzheimer's Institute in um, the prevention clinic in Manhattan. Uh, she does research on uh, the brain. And I think it was also in the mind diet mentioned that our brain is actually a live brain, not a cadaver brain. Yes. <laughs> it's actually 80% water. Water. 
So that's why we feel our brain works better when we are hydrated. Yeah, exactly. So it's not many times it's not hunger. Just as as you mentioned, do a checkbox of what type of food, sleep, activity that we are going to go into that activity. <laughs> Those are things that are going to um, deplete your brain and making making it feel foggy. No. <laughs> so the second big topic about brain fog and is excessive isolation no and of course everyone in the world right now suffer from that so we are experiencing that's why many of those brain fog episodes everyone is not right now is a common topic it's not a topic that is suffering just a certain um part of the population is, is everywhere in the world because everyone was under the lockdown measures and all of that isolation is having an effect in three hormones that are very important to regulate your mood and your emotions. And they are oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. Those three hormones are extremely important in order for you to have a good mood and not engage into depressive or anxious cycles. No? Yeah, I mean, human interaction we find is so important and it even affects how long we live, we found in research. And uh, it affects our mood, depression, anxiety goes away, or doesn't, can't say it goes away, but is reduced when we have a good support group around us when we have loving relationships and a good community. And we also find that we have, we have a need. We're a, we're a, humans are clan society. We're a, <laughs> we tend to want to be in groups and we, we have survival mechanisms that work with others. So we feel more comfortable and relaxed when we're around or surrounded by people. Yes, even the very simple things like smiling to each other, which many times we were not able to do it now in the street because we have the face masks and those things. So all of those things are interfering with these patterns of hormones. That's why you can feel in a different mood right now in this season than before. No, right now is more common because of those reasons. And you can uh, activate that or upregulate this triad of hormones by calling a friend, by doing a walk, a simple walk or short walk in nature, by doing a Zoom call with a colleague or with a friend or with a loved one and trying to see the face and trying to say jokes and trying to smile. All of those things, as simple as they sound, elevate the mood and elevate the, the levels of these hormones. So those are simple strategies that you can apply. Oxytocin, serotonin, those things. Um, and I will say this also goes back to mindset though. I mean, 
there are times where we are going to be on our own and we do have to pay attention to the thoughts we're thinking in our mind when we're by ourselves. These have an extremely intense effect on not just our mood, but also our health because our brain affects our body. So we have to watch the things that we're saying, even in the silence when we're in our kitchen making dinner or <laughs> making our bed or getting dressed, you know, what are you saying about your day or about who you are or who you're going to be or what's going to happen next, you know, because that affects the hormones too. Our thoughts affect the kind of hormones that are circulating in our body. And if we're thinking this is going to be a terrible day or, oh, I'm so lonely or, oh, I'm so this or that theme, the negative connotation, right? That's going to weigh on us and cause us to be sad and slow us down a lot during the day. And we can, if we get into the pattern of checking that, oh, oh, I, I see I'm thinking this. What's something else I can think? Just ask, what's something else that's opposite, but true? Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm just going to make this up. Today, I looked in the mirror. I thought, oh, I look terrible today. What's something else I can think? Wow, look at this part. Of, look at my hair. It actually worked well today. I'll think about that instead, you know, or, oh, I'm going to hate this meeting. I'm going to do terrible. But well, what's something else that's positive? Just, well, it's possible that I can do great. Maybe I'll do great today. I'm going to, so just shift it and think that positive path instead of the negative. And literally we do change the hormones that are going to be coming out of the of the glands. Yeah. Yes, and thank you for bringing that up because I have also a, a short story that that happened today actually. So I receive a, a an envelope in my house, and usually I'm just if I receive something is through digital form. So it was very strange. I was in. Uh, already going to the gym and I didn't want to open the envelope and lose time because I have to go to go to do exercise that's one of the things that I do to activate also these kind of hormones and uh, but that envelope was running in my mind and I was thinking what could that be and my brain and the brain of many humans goes to the negative because it's the primitive region and it's a reptilian brain and it went to oh my god and if it's something that is adept or that is a notification of something dangerous and i was just uh, being more aware that i was worried about the, em the envelope so what i did is that i started to play a different cassette, a different uh, thought of thinking, what if it's something that I want? <laughs> oh, there you what, go. What is, if it's good news? Yeah. What, if, what if it's simply something that arrived as a um, bank account or something, no? That they just make a mistake and they just send it and that's it, no? That happens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So... When I went back and I checked the envelope, it was just a statement of the payments of, of my car. <laughs> it was <And> nothing. <laughs> it was nothing. Yes, it was That's just great. like a follow-up follow of, the, of the bank. But 
your brain can go quickly to those places. So as, as you mentioned, just do a checkup, just as you do the checkup of, of the sleep, of the food, of those things, do the checkup on your thoughts. Because many times we can go to the negative cycles and we don't even realize that we are there too much time. And that raises cortisol and goes down the other three hormones. No? Um. The one thing that also really helps me, I, I definitely want to chime in on this one because it happened to me as well recently. Um, I was driving in the rain in Seattle. I was just there. Oh. It was We were going to the airport. It was a big truck that they gave me for the rental. I don't drive <laughs> big trucks, but that's all they had. And I wasn't sure about the tires how good they were or you know about oh. how great you know what what kind of traction we were going to have if I had to stop fast and it was dark and the windows were fogging up because they weren't clean mm. enough and I was scared you know and I was thinking something that I've learned only in the near past I mean I've heard it before but it's really starting to hit me now that fear thoughts is our brain trying to protect us that's all it is. It's not necessarily, it's not going to happen necessarily, but your brain is looking for what should I watch out for so that I can preserve myself and not die. Right. And so I was so scared and I realized that this is fear thoughts, brain trying to protect. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. And that takes the fear so much further back. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, I started breathing better and I lightened up my grip on the steering wheel and the drive was much easier <laughs> to say the least and you touch on one that is very very important also breathing mm. breathing takes out many of these negative thoughts also when you find yourself trapped in those ruminative thoughts just breathe just make a pause Close your eyes if you can, if you are not driving, <laughs> and just take a deep breath and oxygenate your brain. And with that distraction, you're, you can get out from those thoughts and activate the positive ones. No? Yes. Sometimes it's too hard to think something positive. You're in the negative zone and you just can't get into the positive zone. It, does, it seems like it's too far away. And I think that breath is a good piece in the middle. When you stop and you go, okay, I'm just going to breathe and listen to my breath and feel my breath and see the room around me, feel the chair, realize <laughs> that I'm here, not over there. And that imagination thought <laughs> of negativity. Yes. It's a very good middle ground. I love it. And also another bridge in in the same time that you are breathing is being grateful for something, mm. Be, being grateful for um, your life. That's the main one. Uh, being grateful because you have a roof, being grateful because you are driving and you have a car, be grateful because any anything. You can find a lot of things to be grateful for. Pick the first one that comes to your mind and that will also make the bridge onto the positive so we we are transiting into the positive 
So two things that we can do is breathing, gratitude, and then keep on that breathing, gratitude until you get to the other side. Right. Just keep working in that direction. I love it. And the brain can't think of two things at once. We can go back and forth, but we can't do both at the same time. So over that minute that you're being, or seconds or two that you're being grateful, you're not being negative. You're not being sad. That's another good thing to remember. So as long as you can hold on to that gratitude thought. Yeah. One, one last reason into this section of, of the excessive isolate, isolation that primes your brain towards the negative bias is also the light of the screens. If we are watching too much screens, we should be aware to use more the glasses that protect from this kind of light or, or buy one... Um, one screen that filters those UV, well, blue light, those that blue light, because that blue light uh, is absorbed in your body and it also primes cortisol. So that cortisol is going to make you feel anxious and it's going to disrupt many of your hormones, including insulin that is very important for your brain, no? <laughs> so I think that's a good place to move to the next one. I mean, we do need to get, I mean, we are all in a tech society now, so we are going to be on the computer. Yes. And we need to constantly get off the computer too. We need to make those brain breaks, move away from the computer, go for walks, like you were saying, and move our bodies because our bodies want to move. That is just what we were born to do. We were not born to sit. Yes. That is the third section of the brain fog category or the, the main one also. Uh, sedentarism. We have a lot of increments in sedentarism because we are working still many days from home or if you are in the office, you are sitting, so you are not doing any activity. So try to do your breaks, even if you are in your home, try to just walk, walk in your home. Even if you don't have time to go out and do a, a walk in the, in the block <laughs> or in nature, Try just to activate your brain, stretch your body, try to do something to um, change your position. All of those things help your body to release many of that uh, energy that is also stored there, no? Too much time. And emotions are also energy that is stored. So your emotions are going to change by the activation of your body also yeah well we already know that uh we do have received better moods from movement and it's not it doesn't have to be the runner's high that's no. it just does increase the amount of serotonin in our body and also cannabinoids the body makes its own cannabinoids which yes feel 
good and also reduce pain. Dopamine. Yeah, and a, well, and adrenaline too. So, and that's adrenaline. energizing, yeah. <laughs> right? So yes. movement is energizing in itself. You don't have to feel like you want to move. That's the other thing I've spoken with people so many years about. They say, I didn't move because I didn't feel like going. I didn't feel like going out. I didn't feel like going to the gym. That's not, that's not an answer. <laughs> no. You're not going to feel like it necessarily. Most of us never feel like it, but we just do it. And then you feel yeah. good done it. The, the more you prime your brain to do it, the moment you are going to control those, um, those impulses of not doing it because uh, all, all of this topic is uh, speaking about the effects of brain fog. And one of the effects of brain fog is apathy. So if you are in an apathetic state, it's because you are not moving. So it is going backwards. So we have to go forward. We have to activate our body even though we don't feel like it. If you have a dog, find it as an excuse to go out and take it out a little bit, just quickly so that he goes and takes a walk. Or if you don't have one, just as we mentioned, try to give a walk in your house, try to do some stretching exercises, try to even jump in your own house, <laughs> do jump or do some squats just sitting for a minute that's going to increase your heart rate and increase your adrenaline and wake you up a little bit um or lunges a minute worth of lunges back and forth uh jumping squats is good too yeah rolling onto your toes you know getting your heels off the floor back and forth back and forth like this easy doesn't take any space you don't have to even put on your shoes <laughs> Yeah, all, all of those things that can activate and they are very simple. There is also one that I learned from, from Brendan Bruchard. He mentioned the tapping your body, oh, just yeah, tapping yeah. your body like this mm-hmm. and your arms, even in your forehead, tapping like this. All of these tapping exercises activate your body because they are feeling the touch, even if it's from yourself you are activating the cells, you are activating the tissues, you are activating the brain, you are breathing faster and you are oxygenating more. Oxygen, and oxygen to the brain. So we talked about water to the brain. We also need oxygen to the brain. brain. (laughs) Yes, go ahead. No, sorry. I was going to say just oxygen that also we need more because if in your office you are asked to use the the face mask you need to get out a little bit and take it out and oxygenate properly because the face mask is not designed to give you the proper breathing so well i'll say that we just you know talking about oxygen and and fuel for the brain and hydrogen uh, I'm sorry. Hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> hydration. Um, <laughs> these things are, we're talking about immediate results, right? And that happens 
But then there's also the very long-term results. The more we do this over and over, all of, of these course. things proven to reduce the risk of Alzheimer's and dementia, which is different, but it's got, you know, it's still brain function, you know? So we're doing this for now, but we're also doing it for later. And we're, we're seeing, yes, nutrients affect as we get old, how well we can use our brain. So does exercise affect movement, oxygen to the brain, blood to the brain. That affects how well our brain fares later on. So the social activity, so the, the hugs, the smiles, the, all of those things. And many times if, if you are working alone in your house, uh, it's completely normal to feel those uh, loneliness. So just pick up your phone in that break and call someone for three minutes just to say hello, how are you? I just wanted to check on you. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Or tell a joke. My grandpa was a real big <laughs> joke teller. He would do that. He would pick up a phone call friend and say, hey, I just have a joke to tell you. And then he would laugh and he'd be like, okay, bye. <laughs> I know. usually prefer that people tell me the jokes because I usually start the jokes backwards. Oh. So I'm very bad to, to oh, say oh, jokes. <laughs> yes. But I, I, I like to, to laugh or put some music put some music that also can activate your body <laughs> yeah easy. and it it can go into the boosting of the of the activity of your brain no? yeah. i i prefer to work many times with music and if i feel that the music that i'm listening to is going uh, or is too slow or and I need to do something that I don't need too much concentration I can put some pop music that I like and activate the the rhythm no mm -hmm. so and if I feel stressed or something there is a, a very good uh, type of music that is solfeggio frequencies mm -hmm. these solfeggio frequencies are, are very good they are studied And they are designed to help you to cope with many of these depression or anxious or negativity, all of those things. You just put the background music and it will do the magic. You don't have to do anything. These frequencies are designed to elevate your mood and to regulate your, your brain also. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Do you think we covered enough for today for th these topics? I think it's pretty good amount of information that you have. So if you have any questions, we encourage you to, to give us some questions so that we can discuss more about anything that you want to know about these kind of brain functions or brain episodes that we can have. And don't worry everyone is having these kind of things right now right now i don't think that anyone can get out from this but now you have the strategies don't get too um depleted overwhelmed or burn out by this try to activate with these three big sections strategy. anything anything yeah. that you want to mention lucy 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, think that that's a good way to end is that it's however you're feeling, feelings aren't wrong. Feelings are just what they are, you know? Yes. So we don't want to beat ourselves up for feeling sad or unmotivated uh -huh. or well, anything else that you feel you shouldn't be feeling, but we do want to have tools that we can use at, at any given time. We don't want to push away the feelings either and ignore them, pretend they're not there. Acknowledge that you're having feelings and maybe you need to take a little better care of yourself because of that, because these feelings can take us down, overwhelm us, tire us, deplete us, you know. Um, so please take care of yourself when you have these difficult times and try as best you can to grab a tool or two in order to take care of yourself, in order to get yourself a little bit more out of the funk, help yourself to feel better. Now that, that you mentioned that, I was, I was thinking <laughs> that we can uh, use as a strategy a journaling a notebook. We can journal what kind of thoughts, mainly the negative ones, to download them so that you can keep track of which are the things that are worrying you because that's information. That's information that many times when you download the thought into writing, you can see that those are imaginary things that are not even happening. Or it's something real that you are worrying because you need to act on that. You need to do something on that. So that's information that your mind is giving you So once you download it, you take a lot of the, the load, a lot of the weight that that thought has, and it will leave you easier alone. No, You will recognize the thought, you will put it in paper, and you will be able to recognize if it's something real, something imaginary, something you have to act on. No, That's it, I think. <laughs> I like that. That's a good place to end. I think so. Yes. So thank you very much, everyone, for paying attention. Thank you for being here in another episode, in one of the special episodes that is the 50th. And we uh, are going to be here for you. If you have questions, engage with us and send us a message and try to uh, help us to forward this episode to people that is suffering from this brain fog. And we'll see each other next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode and integrating with this community to cultivate more awareness and consciousness in your inner health to create a new generation of humans. If you want more tools to grow your inner health with science and spirituality merch, visit www.davidortegab.com. Remember that you can subscribe to become a premium member and receive plenty of benefits in all five areas of your life. Nutrition, metabolism, emotional resilience, consciousness and abundance, 